Hello! We are the Brothers Geek, and this is our podcast. My name is Patrick Schmaltz with my two brothers, uh, Christopher Schmaltz. Hello, Christopher. Hello, good evening. And Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello, happy Sunday evening. It's Sunday, uh, November 12th. Uh, this is episode number 189. We are brothers, we're geeks, we talk about geeky things. We're brothers, and we're geeks. And we're going to be together this week because one of us is getting married. Yeah, that's true. Which uh, one is getting married? Uh, Rocket. Um, Rocket's Ro- Rocket is getting married. Yes, Rocket is getting married. Uh, he's marrying. He's... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to be together. Uh, it's going to be cool. Any, any, it is going to be cool. Any exciting things that you're excited about for this 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 experience that you're about to go? Yeah, through? I'm about wedding, to watch. Family wedding. weddings are great. Family weddings are great. We're gonna have a great small, time. Small, small, like niche family weddings. It's like it's not That's, a big big wedding at all. It's just I've, us and and Hannah's family and some close friends, and that's it. Very small. perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. I, I officiated a I officiated a wedding one time that was maybe fifteen people. There was no there was no bridesmaids, no groomsmen, no best man, no best no maid of honor. Um, the the bride I mean they had a big group of friends, but they didn't have any money to spend on their wedding really. Um, the bride spent money on her wedding dress, and then like fifteen fifteen of us went out to dinner, and that was it. They spent the night at it was the Ritz back then, um, and then that, and I think I can't remember where they went on their honeymoon, but yeah, um, fifteen people. I, I was allowed I, to bring a date. I I, I don't want to one up you, but I officiated a wedding uh, with just two people besides the bride and groom, and then Jeez. we went to dinner, and and it was yeah. At, they they threw a party like a month later. They just wanted to do the 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 deed by themselves, um, and I mean the party was big and it had like you know it had sixty people with it. But we were on a beach Rocket. with just Off. with just her dad, his dad and a stepmom, Off. and there and that was it. Um, and their yeah. dog running around being crazy. Um, on, on a beach in Portland, Oregon. So, um, yeah. Nice. Nice. But, yeah, I, I forget uh, your, yeah. your wedding officiant also. Yeah. I am a uh, officiant of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. I'm I'm in the Universal Life Church. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, we uh, talked about Loki last time. We sort of talked about episode four sort of but not really because chris had watched it but now we're all we've all watched it right um, all the way yeah. to the end yeah we're finished so it's th- th- this is spoilers for loki oh. season two four five and six uh because we're probably going to talk about the ending um and so come pause it come back or skip ahead uh probably for the next 20 minutes or so i don't know if we can do do time stamps but i could find time stamps i guess and you'll mark it yeah i'll I'll put some marks in the the notes um okay so here's the real here's the real question christopher when you watched episode four uh did you know what i was talking about when you watched episode four about the shocking moment that happened did you did you know what I was talking about when you finally watched it? Shocking moment from episode shocking... four. Yes. Oh, it, the moment something, at the end where Victor Timely gruesome. Surprise. Well, well, when... Oh, you mean the the disintegration of uh of uh it's the... Victor Timely. No. Victor no, Timely. No. 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 I'm talking. Oh about no! No. The, no. The the shocking moment where they squeezed all those people in the cube. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That that was as uh, the audio of the crunching and the, and the squeezing and the squeezing of the people in that in that in that force field cube was was bonkers. Yeah. 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 Miss minutes yeah. is just like like into it. 
like yeah it was uh creepy ai was, face watching was, with joy it was as rough a moment as i've uh, i've seen in an mcu i'm surprised yeah. they i mean they didn't show it but like yeah they didn't you, they couldn't show it you couldn't show um, it but like but yeah. like what a good use of like you know what's happening and it's awful and it's awful uh, yeah yeah um so yeah i mean i'm surprised disney let them get away with that um uh, loki uh uh it's a it's indicative of the showrunners on that show and the 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 space that they were given in order to sto- tell their story all the way through the end just uh um really given um an amazing sort of the tone of that show was amazing from my perspective in terms of their storytelling and the Loki's arc and uh um and it was dark and but and dep- and sad and uplifting they hit all of those wonderful notes through the end of the season well, I was, I, I've sort of like, I feel like the first four episodes, I was a little bit like, what's going on? What is this leading towards? Uh, I was sort of, I was enjoying the art of it and Tom Hiddleston and, you know, all the other side characters really. But I feel like I was waiting for something to happen. And I the feel show. like the, the show, the show sticks the landing, basically. Um, in the last the last two i mean i was really surprised at f- episode 4 that they sort of wrapped up some questions like who pruned him in the first episode i'm like wow they're already like telling us this like what are they going to talk about for the next two episodes and then the end of episode 4 is the thing exploding and light and you don't know what happens and i'm i really i really like I both I both wanted this and didn't want them to have a hint of what's happening like like cuz they could have just all died, right? Episode 4 could have ended and it's like they're dead. And it's like they didn't they didn't like show a after credit scene showing something to hint at episode 5 and I'm like s- semi like wow, they're brave that they didn't show anything but also like i wanted them to show something but i don't wanted them to show something it's very it's very like a weird like feeling i had because like they blow up and and you don't know what episode five is going to be at all um did you guys have that feeling or you you have thoughts about that Uh, i uh yeah i knew they weren't done and so my anticipation was high and that's really effective storytelling when you have all of that mixed emotions that you were having, Patrick. It was, mm-hmm. it was. I mean, the 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 payoff of those, of course, those final two episodes was this. They the setup of the first few episodes of season two was all about building on the end of season one. And it's a just a close examination of free will and what that is, um, yeah. and choices that you make and that people are in positions to make, and Norse gods are in position to make uh, in terms of uh, trying to affect the outcome. Well, look, or the look, and, said it. Yeah, look. the uh, the path anyway, and that's the fantastic, fantastic sort of storytelling is it was freaking deep yeah very and and that's the that's sort of the uh the like the moment where they're in the pie the pie room with sylvie and him and and he's talking about how like we're gonna be in charge of the tva and we gotta like we gotta make sure things are and sylvie is sort of like the dude like why we cannot be in charge like who should like who's making the decisions that what stays and what goes and she goes like we're not gods and he says we are gods and it's sort of like that was like i that moment like really was like well yeah i mean well and now that you yeah now that you bring that up 
Um, I have had trouble reconciling the Loki that has existed in this TV show with the Loki that was created and set up through the Avengers movies, through the Thor movies. I obviously there's a it's a very and I understand that it's a variant and I understand that both things happen can happen simultaneously. I was in terms of character arc I had trouble reconciling Loki's arc through a lot of season 1 and into season 2. Uh, it was probably my own preconceived notions of what I expected the character to be, but now that you bring up how, you know, he identifies himself as a god. Even though he no he doesn't want to rule Asgard, he doesn't feel the need to control everyone to make sure that they are never leave him because he's l afraid of being alone. Um, you know, he felt rejected by his father. He always felt in the shadow of his brother, and he, he always felt everybody. He was always felt alone and singular, and he never wanted anybody to leave him. Um, and for him to make the choice he does at the end to be alone through the entirety of existence, but ensuring that other people have the opportunity to choose their own life, it fits perfectly with his idea of himself as a god i am capable of making i'm capable of this i am in a lot of ways superior and i can do this and i should do this because i am more than other people i am a god that's right so it fit it fit his i mean his massive ego because you have to yeah. yeah in that kind of situation his massive ego fits with that he's like he can love people and want them to have, you know, freedom of choice and have the free will, and and he it's taking that burden on himself, but it fits with that massive ego idea of yes, I'm a god, and yes, I'm making this decision, well, and I'm taking I, this burden on. I would like to like push back a little bit on your 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 you know, it sounds like you came around to it, but like the show <laughs> is trying to like they sort of hand wave that like you know he saw what 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 his path would have been if he wasn't taken into the TVA so that he learned a lot about like what happened to his family and what happened. So, so, and I think he's got like, because he's in the TVA, this perspective that he didn't have before about like, I am not this like singular person. I am just a part of this one yeah. small thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he, that's giving him, and then to be put into this position and then, and like being put in charge of it, basically, uh, where they well, self appointed, self appointed. I mean, he, he, exactly. he yeah. is like, I am going to make, he, he tried to figure out a way for, to maintain the status quo, essentially. But he realized that it was impossible. And he takes on the burden of, you know what? I have to do this for everybody else. He's yeah. not um, self-appointed, though. I, I don't think self-appointed is the right phrase. Okay. He, he realizes that he's the only one who's in a position with knowledge to affect the outcome. Yeah. Um, he comes to that realization, and he... I mean the choice the the incredible choice that he's confronted with um because that was the whole point of episode 6 was all of his looping centuries of of resetting the the going back in time mm. centuries of it um is that he realized that he couldn't affect the outcome yeah. except for one way yeah and uh, I, I mean, all things circle back to Dune, obviously, and so, um, and yeah. so that's exactly um, Dune. The centerpiece of Dune is Paul in the subsequent books knows the future and makes choices. No spoilers because you guys haven't read the other books, right? Um, I have not read yeah. Dune Messiah or Children yeah. of Dune. Yeah. No. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil it. But um, Paul sees exactly what the path should be and what the future holds. 
Well, and he makes a, he makes a decision that that contrasting it to Loki, Loki makes the decision to do the thing that he needs to do to maximize the free will of people in the future. Yeah. I feel I feel like we all have to read Messiah because Villeneuve wants to make that into the third movie. Like it's going to happen probably because Dune is going to. I mean, this is going to be a great year for science fiction movies. Uh, but um, uh, so I I that's going to be on the list. Of you have to sure. you have to read Messiah. You yeah, both have to read Messiah. that 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 one's that one's going to be on my read list. Like for it is, it's uh, in my wait. Uh, it's in my like uh, want list on Audible. The first so. four, the first four books, you have to read all the way through God Emperor of Dune. Oh, wow. It is the best four books series you'll ever you'll ever read in your life. Yeah, I mean the the first book, the first Dune book, is one of the best science fiction books I've ever read. So I don't one of the best books ever. Yeah. 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 Legit. Yeah. Uh, well, that so, only builds. Anyway, yeah, Loki. All, the parallels. All, all you have to see. The parallels. Dune. All you have to do is. No, like, no, the dude. But that's <laughs> the point. Is is the yeah. they the writers the writers of Loki mm-hmm. have clearly read Dune and other time travel stories, and this this issue of free will, and the the challenge and the paradox associated with all of different timelines and they all end up in the same place and um well, well you're t- and I, there I, is the, like like uh, sort of skipping ahead to episode 6 he's sort of time slipping to fix the problem and yeah. and and going back and forth right to that's what you're sort of but then knowing the outcomes and be being able to go back and and try again as many times as he wants uh it sort of becomes this like when you know when you can really change and fine tune uh a thing um you you're 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 testing right you know and 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 then it becomes like you're really trying to get it right to fix it but he can't and and then it becomes the choice the big choice is kill sylvie to save to save who he, he who remains from the end of season 1 that becomes a big conversation in the episode and uh-huh. then and then he ha- and he really has the moment of like do i have to kill her to stop this whole thing from happening because i can't stop right. it like you know, yeah. Um, this is this is the anti-narcissist Loki, though. That's he's no. He comes to the realization, I'm not a god, mm-hmm. because the selfish move, the selfish narcissist Loki, would be, I got this, and kills Sylvie. Yeah, because I'm I I'm gonna solve this. Yeah, Syl- it's Sylvie who convinces him. Yeah, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You. You are not a god. You do not. You do not have that. You that you can't control this, and he has to go through those centuries of trying to f- alter the outcome in order for it to dawn on him, because it takes him that long to really realize. Well, he that had the to choice... learn. He had to learn. Yeah. He had to be as good as Ouroboros as as to understand the science of it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and he really tried to like figure it out. Well, the using, the, the using science, you know, the the time you the time you whimey science magic space con, space yeah. cosmos conundrum yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. That, it's 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 just it's 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 hand wavy. It's, it's like, hand yeah. wavy. But yeah, the, the more it's interesting, interesting, it's comic book. That's what comic more, books are. The more interesting part is the re- self realization, Loki's self realization of okay, I figured all this out, and I've looked at all the permutations. And Sylvie's right. Yeah. And the- there's only one way to to deal with sort of the the re- reverberations of what is happening, right? Realizing that the time loom or the whatever the loom, yeah, is is a bad thing. 
Um, and that he has the power to essentially replace it, but replace it in a way that gives furtherance to free will. Yeah. And it's that's a, a that Ragnarok image blew my mind. That um the Tree of Life Yggdrasil um, yeah, so, is the yeah. Tree of Life in I Norse mythology it. and that that imagery was, a, was it's an amazing incredible very, amazing yeah. moment. Very smart, very like comes back to Norse like control and it's sort of like like you question whether like is Loki doing this or is that just like how it was before like he who remains uh well he the tree of life has replaced the tree of life has replaced the time loom has you know like all of all of it and energy i mean there's all these no, things about like like the the one well, sacred timeline, right? The sacred hold on. There, there's one sacred timeline, and they've talked about branches, right? And it's one sure. one one stick. It's a growing thing. They've they've talked about it the whole time, and then it becomes the whole tree. Uh, at the end, and it's sort of like for me, it was like, was it like that before? Uh, Kang and his whole multiverse war blew it up and then he created the loom to control it and and yes. Loki Loki just returned it back to how it was. Yes. yes. Artif- like the, the key messaging there is Loki or Kang is the villain because all of that time control time loom was artificial. Yeah, and the the whole idea of Yggdrasil is is that Yggdrasil is the world tree. It's the essentially all the threads of the universe. Yeah, and multi multiverse, and and restoring that, restoring that when the artificial order imposed by he who remains was just that artificial order. Yeah. And that the the glorious nature of existence is that you can't impose, and even if you have something close to the power to be able to do that, which is Kang clearly figured that out, you, you can't do it. You shouldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. It's a. It, this is the. By, I think this is by far the deepest and most thought provoking. Marvel project we've ever gotten in terms of how it deals with free will and reality and uh, you know uh, the nature I mean, of self, all that stuff. I think it's it, the deepest, it's the most thoughtful thing we've gotten from the NCU yet. I think here, here, here I mean, okay, so you you guys know I'm the hater, but I've been hating this multiverse stuff because I feel like it's sort of going too far away from like nitty gritty fun superhero stories like man on the street. And then if you have every decision is possible, then no, no decision matters sort of is sort of like the, like that, that bothers me. I don't like that. This story is going, I think they should be telling stories about our earth and weird stuff and have real world villains. I think that doom should be the, the next villain, not Kang just saying it out loud, keep saying it into the universe and somebody will hear it. But, but like, I really loved how this show ended and the, yes, I, I love the multiverse stuff. I love the time travel stuff. I think that it's, it ties it to better together so much more. And I think what I was missing from this multiverse stuff was the discussion about choice and like, the difference between you and me and why we're different and like what, and like, I think that that's been missing. And the show finally said it out loud in a, such a smart way, in a beautiful way and, and returned it to such a, a like a heart wrenching ending that it makes it so much better. It makes it yeah. better guys. Like, well, like, <laughs> you know, that's the beautiful um, the beautiful thing the beautiful thing about what Loki accomplished and what we've praised in the past about the best moments of the the MCU is all of these super powerful being, beings distilled into moments of like humanity 
right? Yes. That is that is the best part of MCU. And the genius of the this season was that choice, that, that tragic, heart-wrenching final scenes of Loki sitting on the chair is distilling the freaking multiverse down to a moment of pure the purest humanity of loki and the tragedy of his arc and just unbelievable power of the choice he made to be alone for eternity sacrifice sacrifice first the sacrifice the the human moment of that they distilled all of the, you know, we've complained about this. They've got to go bigger and bigger, multiverse, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. All to all to your point, Patrick. But the the fact that they, in a storytelling, they distilled all, all of that down to this unbelievably human moment of sacrifice. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. incredible TV. So, yes. Storytelling. I, yes. I, I, I sort of, I liked season one. But I feel like season two, like, definitely makes it better. Like, because there's so much callbacks and the storylines, like, wrap up and they, like, reference stuff that happened in season one so much better, you know, and... uh, Well, it it definitely feels like 12 episodes of a show. Like, there's part part one and then there's part two. And they, they, it's, you know... Yeah, I mean, the, just like the end of Dune, you get Paul to a certain crux point in his journey. You you, that's part one, hundred percent. <laughs> it's the template. It's the template, dude. It I mean, dude. Paul gets to that part where he, you know, at the end of Villeneuve's Dune, in the end, in the middle of the book, where his house has been destroyed, he goes into the desert, he finds the Fremen, he decides what he's going to do, and then part two happens. Where he becomes the prophet and yeah. he becomes the Muad'Dib. The end yeah, the, it'll... The, the the big big thing too is like I mean it's a big big thing in I mean movies sort of like hand wave at this, but like he had to take a life to to stay in there. Like he had to take that's, his first that's, life. That's so. what the that's why I love the hero's journey in Dune, which is very classically structured, but rather than it become he I mean it, it it fits with the idea that I mean, Paul, Paul, it said it said and even in the trailer, uh, you know, to really control something, you have to have the ability to destroy it. Mm. Uh, that power of life and death, Paul realizes that he has that, and that he needs to make the choice, and he's going to have to kill some people to get what he wants. Like that is his hero's transformation moment is. Mm. Uh, winning, you know, his first kill because he's choosing that path. And that yeah, actor, it's, it's that wild. actor uh, uh, is the doctor on Strange New Worlds. Yeah. He's I mean, great. I've, I've been watching Strange New Worlds, guys. We'll talk about that. Good. Later. Good. Uh, anything else about Loki season one we want to discuss before we talk about season, other stuff? Uh, season two. Se- season Loki two. season my two. Bad, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Great. Hey, nope. Great, I, look, Andrew. You you said it exactly right. Those part one and part two, um, it's just a fully realized uh, story with an arc of one of the best characters in MCU, and what a what a, a tragedy, but also an unbelievable celebration of mm. sort of uh, what what are the best parts of MCU. So yeah, yeah, I I, I completely agree with that, and uh, I I loved it, and I. I saw an interview with Tom Hiddleston on uh, Jimmy Fallon, actually, and they were sort of joking because the SAG strike is over so they can talk about the show that he's on. And he's like, the, the, we could show clips of the show, and and, and they couldn't do that before. SAG, SAG strike is over, thank God. But um, um, Thank Loki, the god of stories. Thank Loki, the god of stories. But there's a really good interview about, like, this is 11, uh, what did he say, 11 years? Four, 14, 14 years. years. 14 years of of him playing this character. His, playing this character and, and, and the growth that has gone through and, and, 
and he sort of he sort of said it's a little bit of an end but i feel like maybe this is gonna he's gonna sit there for a little while maybe he'll come back i mean he's sort of out of the way i don't think dead like i feel like they gotta like shelve him for a little bit and then he'll come back i don't think we're ever i don't think we'll ever see loki again wow i don't think think i think that is i think this is the end of i think this is it he is yes i think we're done tom hiddleston is done playing loki this is the last time we're gonna see loki never oh no i think i I read something that marvel is talking to uh robert downey jr again to try to save dig themselves out of this hole so uh yeah never say never uh okay let's let's move on i i am watching a few shows that i would like to talk about for a minute um bring it uh invincible season two watching it brutal show i haven't started it yeah i love the i love the comic so much but i remember why i sort of fell off of the comic because it is so dark and brutal and gruesome um and such great writing and really smart and uh different different take on superheroes that i really enjoy but yeah it's pretty heavy it's not it's not it's not the most pleasurable of reads. It's not, yeah, it's not feel good. Feel good. It, yeah. it really isn't feel good uh, uh, superhero stuff. So watching that. Yeah. And then I uh, I am I did watch uh, some episodes of Strange New World season one. Uh, I kind of hate it, but I kind of love it, and I keep watching them. And yeah. And I I I have a lot of notes that I was going to like blast you guys with. But like the reality is, it's like it's science fiction, and I don't. It's better than Discovery. Discovery, I hate it. I could. We don't I, have to shit on. We don't have to shit on Discovery, sorry, dude. Sorry. Yeah. I hate Discovery, but move but, past it. Move past it. But Stranger Worlds is much better. Anson Mount is compelling, dude. Anson yes. Mount is compelling. There are com- like, there are compelling actors on that show. I think all of the characters in Strange New Worlds are much more interesting. They're the most interesting characters in Star Trek right now. And, yeah, I, and I say yeah. I say that not watching Lower Decks, but this the uh, reason I, I like Strange I mean, New Worlds is because I like the episodic, character driven stories of look, the crew. The crew uh, is Lower great. Lower Decks. Lower Decks is goofy as hell, but those four main characters grow on you for sure. Yeah, yeah. Boimler is so funny and um and so it it, like the four main characters of lower decks are amazing um but i think i think yeah the characters are growing on me and it took a minute like it took three (laughs) or four episodes for me to be like who like who are these people what the hell is happening and i was like it's spock but not really spock like i love I love Ethan Peck's Spock. I think he's great. I mean, he's not. He's not like. I mean, he's not Leonard Nimoy. But I kind of like. Nobody him. can. He can't be Leonard Nimoy. I Leonard mean, Nimoy Le- is singular. Le- Leonard Nimoy is amazing. But um, yeah, I I I think I'm enjoying it. I'm. I hate to say it because here's here's the real effect. I fucking love Star Trek. I love it. Like. And I'm I was really disappointed by a lot of Trek that's on Paramount Plus, but I've been enjoying I I've really been enjoying Lower Decks mostly because it's sort of like nostalgia stroking doesn't take itself too seriously, and most of the time well, they solve Boimler, things with silence they solve things with science or it's smaller stories I like the small stories. Okay, that, the reason you like Lower Decks, Patrick. Yeah. Is yeah. because Boimler is a fanboy self-insert character. I love it. I love it. So I all I, the fanboys yes. love Boimler because he is them. Yes. They, so which it's fine, but that's why they do it. They created this character as a self-insert. And I, for, see, you know, uh, and I will say I have to say like Picard season three, very good. Uh, Picard season one, two, trash. You could skip over those completely. Season three was a lot of fun. Season I liked three, season three. What, but like total nostalgia stroking, total total like callbacks to to old stuff. But I loved it. Well, uh, I think they re- it. You could say nostalgia stroking, but they really, it's good. It's it's 
realizing the strengths of your character and the best way to tell a story, Picard and Stuart are their best when they're surrounded by that crew. When he is playing off of Riker, when he's playing off of Troy, when he's playing off of Data, you know, that, yes, Patrick Stewart is probably the best actor in the entire Star Trek universe. He carries every scene and he's magnetic, but having that crew around him just, in you know, breathes life into all of these stories that we weren't getting in season one and season two. They try to create this new crew around him and it just didn't work as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the it, Star Trek, the, the next-gen crew was lightning in a bottle. It just felt so good well, to have them so together. Well, seasons together and, 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 you know, you play off each other. I feel like season one is, like, is terrible. Like, season season one of, of next-gen is... is goofy ass like random like uh recycled no, recycled script the first, from the, the they were the, figuring the, it out yeah. they, were they were figuring out the first two seasons are rough it doesn't yeah. get really oh, yeah. good till season three season three is good, is good. Uh, season three and four are awesome yes yeah. yes uh so anyways uh yeah i have i have my top 10 list but do you guys have any other shows that you guys want to talk about before we get to that oh uh, Go ahead, Andrew. Oh no, I was just gonna um, the, sh- the 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 new show that I'm watching just um, for uh, for all mankind season or season four episode one dropped. I love that show. I I will watch that on the weekly. They are now in the time this alternate timeline. They're in 2003. There is a permanent settlement on Mars, and they are beginning this new coalition of. NASA and the Soviet Space Agency and European Space Agencies and contractors are now going to begin the process of gathering resources from the asteroid belt and all the challenges that are associated with that because there's so much money to be made for, you know, the resources in the asteroid belt are insane. So uh, that, uh, oh, that's what I'm saying. Well, you, the, here, this here's the joke, Patrick. <laughs> the creators of For All Mankind, I believe, have like a running thing with the creators of The Expanse, saying similar. Like this is we're sharing a universe in our in our storytelling brains. Wow. We share the same universe. So that, but you're right. I mean, that's the just like the expanse is the natural, like our natural progression of what you know could happen if we colonize our solar system. For all mankind is doing the logical thing. It's like, yes, there's resources out there that are worth our time and effort to go find. Um, the exploration of that is, you know, our you know is humanity's destiny. So I love that aspect of it. I love I love Star Trek. I love like the hard NASA astronaut shit. It's so fun. Um, I, uh, so so I, I I will bring up just for a moment because you brought it up is like I try I've tried Caliban's War again because I never finished it and it's God it's so boring in the beginning. God does it get better? It gets better, right? Yes. Yes. Ugh. Once, once Bobby like, Drake. Okay. I just don't give, give a shit about. Well, and then yeah. Uh... Once, once Bobby Draper gets off of Earth, like she's on Earth for a little while, and there's good parts where Bobby Draper's on Earth. Well, but Caliban, once she gets off Caliban's of Earth, war is 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 like we're on another effing planet, and it's like the the dudes. Uh, right? No. Which one? No. No. Caliban, Caliban's War is the second Expanse book. No, no, where no, it's no, the immediate... no, no. I, I'm on the fourth one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cibola Burned. Cibola no, that's not Cibola Burned. Burn. Boring as fuck. No, it's Cibola. not. I'd for for what it is. It's I so love Cibola Burned. Dude, like all the all the random characters that I don't know. It's too much. It's like, and they're nah, on this other I... planet. Ugh. Does it get better? Yeah, they're on Illa. Tell, yes, tell it gets me. it gets great. It's yeah, all dude. the books are good, dude. Stick with it. <sighs> okay, stick with it. Yeah, you gotta stick with it. Okay. Yeah. That. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to derail. Continue your your. Oh right no! Now. No, that's just yeah. That's um yeah. No, I'm I I'm glad you're sticking with strange new strange new worlds. It is worth the watch for Star Trek fans because like, there are moments right. there. Are, when you when you say it, it's like the the writing the trek is not there, but the characters are decent like that's that's really what his like i'm starting to get i'm starting to like the characters 
and that's helping. But but I think going to your yeah. going to your point, dude. There, you define Star Trek as interesting, optimistic characters solving the challenges of space travel with, with science. science. Yes, thank you. And strange new strange new worlds does that. They investigate, they figure shit out, and they there's... solve the problems that they get themselves into. Just because there isn't the techno babble that existed in t- in next babble. gen. I know you do, but it. you want things you want things to be next gen, and they're not. So you have to move beyond that. You want next gen. I want go watch yes. next gen then. I know I've watched it yeah. seventeen times in a row. Um, <laughs> I understand, uh, but, but, but not but everything's going to be next gen. I think we'll take Voyager because Voyager tries to do techno babble too. It's dumb because UPM UPN UP- shit. But but you remember UPN guys? But uh, but like Voyager at least tries to do it. They're just not as smart. Uh, and well, the characters aren't as compelling. Like every character, good. except for Janeway, the characters of Voyager are just not compelling to Harry me. Harry Kim is an ensign for seven years, guys. <laughs> Come on, fucking get it together. <laughs> Christopher, Christopher, what are you watching right now? I finished uh, Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Good Star Wars. Tremendous Star Wars. Um Told love you. love uh what it does to the universe, how it fills in those stories and characters and adds some more texture to the rebellion and all of that. I loved all of that. It definitely um it definitely improves Ahsoka. That's uh, what I'll say about that is I enjoyed yes. Ahsoka even though I hadn't finished. But now that I've finished Rebels, it absolutely improves Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, yeah. You're gonna, you guys are going to make me watch that shit too, aren't you? You, you yeah, should watch you should. it. It's, a, it's compelling Star Wars, dude. I can't. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, watched like, I think I watched six episodes in season one and it just felt like a kid's show. Does that get better? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It it, yeah. Uh, it gets a lot more complex and um, dives deep into s- s- force lore and family and relationships and some cool stuff. Yeah. That's. I, 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 I mean, that's that's what. Let's go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say I am. I watch the Clone Wars and I appreciate the Clone Wars for what it is, but it was always missing that found family aspect of star Wars that yeah. I think is the core of it. Yeah. And rebels does that extremely well. Like the, the you know, Han and Le- Han and Leia and Luke and Chewie and the droids that is found family. That is the core of the original trilogy and rebels. This family that grows through rebels is that, that has that feeling and that's where Star Wars is at its best, in my opinion, is when you're telling these fantastical stories with Jedi and space wizards and spaceships, but it's the found family at the core of it. And Clone Wars lacked that. As cool as it was to see Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin doing their thing, and Ahsoka is a great addition to... And I didn't really fall in love with any of the clones for the Clone Wars. Like, there are people that have their favorite clones, and I couldn't tell any of them apart. Um, yeah, no, Rebels is is top level star wars patrick you should give it another chance really yep give it a chance all right you know i I was i was the episodes are short dude the episodes are 22 minutes they're like you can burn through eight of them in an afternoon no sweat I, I, i was just gonna i was just gonna say that i appreciate dave filoni trying something sort of different and and expanding on the universe versus like just rehashing and 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 try you know not really saying anything uh, more about the universe and i feel like that's a big problem that i had with the the uh sequel trilogy is is sort of not really telling anything more that was interesting uh about the universe um so uh that yeah anyways uh, yeah. I, uh, and so I finished that, and uh, and th- now I have moved on to, and I can't recommend this highly enough. And so I encourage you both to watch this Blue Eyed Samurai on 
Netflix. Okay. Okay. I've blue heard of eyed, blue eyed samurai. I think I've seen a trailer for this or something. Is it? It's like animated, right? It is animated, and it is freaking great. Oh, okay. Okay. You, you must watch it. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Blue eyed samurai. Top recommend. Top top recommendation. Top yeah. recommendation. Watch it. Okay. Cool. We'll there's do. There's been a lot. Of, there's been a lot of uh, because this is like the Netflix geek week. They've been showing a lot of Netflix. Uh, like That's the question I was. Stuff. Uh, I was going to pose. Did you guys watch the Avatar: The Last Airbender live action trailer? Yeah, yes, I did. Yes, what yes. What was What was your initial reaction to it? Uh, you know, I have I have two big problems with the M Night Shyamalan thing. Is I don't think we need to the, not even uh, mention. Yeah, dude, what are you doing? It's don't. It's garbage. It's not relevant. It's okay, this, it's like this, David Lynch's Dune. We don't this, talk about it. This is what yeah. I'll say, and I won't ever talk about that again. Um, I think the action, the kung fu action in the animated series was very good. And if they can translate that to live action, I will be very happy. Yes, if I have the say same thing. Ang's name correctly, <laughs> I will be very happy. If they they cast people. Who are the ethnicity of the show, which is Inuits and Japanese people and 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 Chinese people for the Earth Kingdom and and Tibetan people for for I will be happy that they have they've done that I'm afraid my 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 reaction is is I will watch but I'm afraid. Yeah, I will watch, I could, but that's I'm that's afraid. reasonable. That's that's I right. the thing the thing and Patrick <laughs> and Patrick brings up the Shyamalan thing, and the only thing that I'll say about it is, you're right. The bending in the animated series was awesome. The bending in Shyamalan's movie was garbage. It it looked garbage on screen. If they can make the bending in this live action series look cool, it'll trailer be, the trailer looked pretty good. It did. That's what I'm saying. So if they can make it look cool, like it doesn't look stupid, like it looks stupid in Shyamalan's movie, then it will be light years ahead already. I just said, here's here's what, let me break it down for you guys. You you said Shyamalan's movie, dude. You brought it up. I I walked away. I walked away from it. You brought it up. You brought it You brought it up. It's your fault. It's your fault, Patrick. It is my fault. But like, here's what I'll say. Avatar Last Airbender, definitely a kid's show. It is Kung Fu. It is a Kung Fu show when it's awesome, good Kung Fu. But then the two people who are fighting each other are fighting with two different, like, elements. And it's crazy. And it's, like, fun. And they are smart about how they defeat each other. It's not just blast, blast, blast. It is really good kung fu yep. with yep with, yep. with yeah. elements added yep so yeah. so if they can do that all of the above awesome yeah. awesome yeah and i yeah. hope that they w- can do that uh, you, got get into you got a top 10 list patrick let's give us a top 10 list okay. i got my i got i got 10 movies that i think are the best sci-fi list but oh, you got your patrick- own list yeah i made a list okay competing so, list so i so competing list here okay so I have to tell you some caveats. Here, are you guys ready for this? Ready. Uh, uh, ready. Okay, this is my list. I don't care if it's the top list for okay. other people. This is mine. Yeah. So Bring you it. can you can say whatever you want. Also, I have not included uh, Star Wars because Star Wars is a fantasy movie. Yes. Uh, it'll be on my fantasy list when I get to yes. it. Yes. I agree so, with that. Star Wars is not science fiction, even though it's in space and it has spaceships. Not, it is space. It is space fantasy. It is space fantasy. So, also, I didn't include superhero movies because superhero movies, although they might have some science fiction elements, that's on a different list. Also, I didn't include dystopic uh 
uh, places because that'll be a different list. Dystopic what? futures and I because What's... I kept hold on. I post-apocalyptic. Okay. Right. this is his list. Own, this is own genre. Post-apocalyptic. I agree with this. Dystopic I... futures is another list I've already written. So so that is on another list. Also, uh, this is hard sci-fi. Not low sci-fi. So, what is hard sci-fi? Sci-fi, hard sci-fi is space, the future, and and very other planet. Not Earth. Okay. Okay. Low low sci-fi, which I've already written the list for low sci-fi, is our planet, our time, but you add just another little element that is science fiction to that element. Okay. Okay. So, I, I, this is your list. Go for it. Following. This is hard sci-fi, and this okay. is my list. Okay. Number ten, the fifth element. It's goofy. It's weird. I love the music. I love Bruce Willis. I love. Uh, I love. Uh, um, what's her? Mila Jovo. Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich in her prime. I think that it's got some low moments, but I still love watching it. M- it's an eminently rewatchable movie too. Exactly. You can rewatch the Fifth Element. Yeah. I that 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 is a big part of my list too. Do I want to ever, ever watch these again? Yes. Uh, okay. no, number nine, Star Trek First Contact. Uh, I think the best next generation movie. Uh, By far. By it's far. Got, it's got one of the best uh, um, end credits themes by uh, uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Um, and I think it's fun. Just a fun Borg Star Trek movie. Well. The Borg Queen as the villain is what makes awesome. it. She's she's great. Having and that the, as the villain, yeah. And the connection to Picard and the conversation about, you know, Moby Dick. Oh, very yeah. Very good. Very good. Very, very good. Uh, number eight, Galaxy Quest. Uh, I think the Galaxy <laughs> Quest is fun and goofy, and uh, I love that it's tongue-in-cheek making fun of Star Trek because I love Star Trek, but also it's goofy and uh and it's great and i i i think that it's very watchable and hilarious um number seven uh wrath of khan the best uh um old trek uh movie khan is great um the death of spock is amazing spoilers sorry um and some of the best music too and a really good uh, Star Trek, you know, spaceship battle in mm-hmm. in film, um, and they keep repeating this all throughout. Like, why do all these spaceships have to go into nebulas to hide? It's like throughout all of Star Trek, and it's really, really uh, because of Wrath of Khan, they keep doing that. Um, number six, I know it was on my action movie list, but. Uh, the Matrix is it. It I also like. Uh, I would like to say about science fiction. I do enjoy the the movies that pose questions about humanity and choices and think so, you know how technology has changed. And I think that this is like a really good examination of like what is reality, what is what we know, like, um, what 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 are we doing with our lives? You know, if sure. someone told you that it's different. So, I love all those science fiction aspects of it. It does take place in the future, so it gets on the list. Uh, number five. Um, you guys don't have any comments about any of these. You guys, I'm just sort of like taking it in, taking it in, dude. Taking it in. Number five, Alien, the first one. I I think it's well made, beautiful, dark, scary. Uh. The I, Ridley Scott is amazing at set design and making things feel lived in, um, and that ship is amazing and clunky. And I love the like the beginning of that movie is incredible, where they go down to the planet and the, they're in this space, this alien planet. Ugh. So uh, the alien, the alien ship. 
Oh, it's so good. The art design is incredible. It's creepy. Um, and it's basically like the horror movie with like the final girl at the end, you know, saving the day. But it's still good. Um, number four, Serenity. Uh, still love this that's, movie. That's pretty high. I know. Uh, and I don't, I don't fault it, but it's, it's, I, it's, it's pretty high. So, it's so fun. It's so fun and simple, and I think it's a great script, and there's got a lot of really good moments to it. Um, and the wrap-up of a show that I loved, the would-be show uh, that never happened, I, I'm i glad they did it, and it's good science fiction. Uh, number three, um, Moon. Uh, I love... Never seen it. Love this simple story about a guy who's on a space station by himself talking to an AI figuring out what he is and who he is and and small little indie movie um and um I really I really enjoy it so um number 2 Interstellar mm great yeah great yeah. Hans Zimmer score uh probably my favorite if not his best uh I mean he's got a lot so uh Hans Zimmer killing it and Christopher Nolan um just just top of his game and there's some weird planets and crazy shit and it was almost on my dystopic future list but most of the movie takes place in space so on the list uh, number one, I know, probably going to get flack for this, but Dune. Um, Denis Villeneuve. 2020, 2021. That one. Not, Denis, not David, Denis Villeneuve. Not David yeah. Lynch's Dune, but Dune. The movie The movie we don't acknowledge. Uh, yeah. Hans Zimmer killing it again. Uh, beautifully shot, beautifully acted. I can't wait for part two. It can't be, can't. Yeah. Uh, I have some, I have some, um, honorable mentions, but, um, um, what's your list, Andrew? Well, I didn't, I didn't drill down nearly as narrow as you did. So I do agree that post-apocalyptic and sci-fi while they do cross paths are generally two different genres, but these are in no particular order. These are just stream of consciousness, consciousness, 10 top 10. Uh, I have Jurassic park on my list as a science fiction movie because it, it is science fiction. That's on a, uh, that's on a list of mine. Yeah. Uh, arrival. That's on arrival. Yeah. Incredible uh, movie. Incredible movie. Uh, gravity with Sandra. I love yeah. gravity. I think it's a tremendous. Track my top 10. Nah, I think it does it crack my top ten. The music's really good. Uh, there's one moment that is. That... It is very. It is a, an amazingly life affirming science fiction adventure, yes. and I I love it. I love how life affirming it is. It is, uh, very, it is very good, but yeah. So that works. That still bugs me, and I can't yeah. get past it. I got I got you. It it works for me on multiple levels. Um, I love The Martian. The Martian oh, yeah. on my list. Uh, I Loop- mean, yeah, Looper. Looper is on my list. I didn't uh, like it. I didn't like it. Minority mm-hmm. Report. Mm-hmm. I dig minor- Minority Report. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. I think Blade Runner 2049 is superior to the original Ridley Scott. That, that's on another no list. No way, dude. Yes. Blade wow. Runner, I find Blade Runner 2049 significantly more compelling bold, than the original bold. Blade. I mean, and I like the original Blade Runner wow. with Harrison Ford. I find 2049 more compelling. Huh. Uh, Inter- Interstellar is on my list. Nice. Um, absolutely. And I have The Matrix. The Matrix is probably my number one all-time sci-fi movie. Wow. Wow. I go to, I go to the sci-fi elements of The Matrix before I I mean there's arguments to be made that I mean it's a genre bending movie. That's a 
almost as much of a martial arts movie as it is a it's, sci-fi or post-apocalyptic I mean, movie. That's why The Matrix is amazing because it's, yeah. it's on it's yeah. on two of my lists for and sure. It, yeah, and The Matrix it makes it bakes your noodle. Um, yeah, so but that's I saw, uh, I saw The Matrix. And Dune, I was like, and what did Dune, I just watch? Yeah, just Dune, and Dune is on Dune twenty twenty one. Denis Villeneuve's Dune is on my list as well. It's just it's too good. It's such an incredibly well made film. Uh, yeah. Do we miss anything, Christopher? You have anything to add? Um, those are two. Those are very solid lists. Um, I think that uh, the 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 list, my list, um, original Blade Runner is far superior than twenty forty nine, and twenty forty nine is a classic in my yeah. opinion. So. Original Blade Runner is one of the best movies of all time. Full stop. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that has to be on the list. Um, I I would add my in my top ten of the your definition, Patrick, of what this list is. Two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, is on my top ten. This is my like, number. This is my number twelve of honorable you, mentions because you can't leave you can't leave that movie off of any top ten sci fi list. Here's what it is. Yeah, here's. I here's didn't question yours. Me. I didn't question yours. No, 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 no. no, no. I, I totally agree with you. And I the reason why it's not it doesn't crack my top ten is the movie is fucking boring. Like it's not it's, it's beautiful. I never yeah. want to watch it again. Yeah, uh, uh, you. I watched it on the re-release. I went to the theater and watched it, dude. It is the opposite of boring. I think it would be a different experience seeing it in a theater. Like you, I've watched it a you, couple times on TV. Going and seeing it on a big screen would probably yeah, be incredible. Had, it was one of the great movie moments of my life. Was when they were showing it here in Tucson at the Loft. They were doing that. They did a re-release where they had the the big, you know, the big format. And they showed it at the loft, and I went to that um, and saw it on this big screen. It is not boring in in the theater, dude. Right. So, um, um, Ex Machina um, mm. makes my top ten list. That's on a okay. list of mine, um, but not this list. Uh, okay, well, uh, that could be. It, it's all based on Earth. It's future society. So low sci-fi as you described it instead of high and low um mm -hmm. uh let me see okay well let me let me say my honorable mentions and maybe maybe this will spur up some more conversation you uh, know what this is an honorable mention my final honorable mention anyway your lists are solid my final honorable mention or my, my only honorable mention, I have many, but um, the only one I'm going to mention is The Day the Earth Stood Still. When's the last time you watched that? Really good. Very the original good. Black really? and White, maybe once. I've seen it Great once. movie. I saw it, it young. I saw it young, it, so yeah. I rewatch it. it. It has a lot to say. It is compelling. Anyway. Um, these are These are my honorable mentions. I, I only got five, so bear with me. Uh, I do like The Martian. That's number six, Andrew. But uh, number five, uh, Undiscovered Country, Star Trek. I still love it. Fun. I love it. I love Star it, too. Trek. I love the Cold War kind of vibes, sort yeah. of, that it's trying to elicit. A little on the nose, dude. It's a little oh, on the nose. It's a little on the nose, but I like it. Star Trek uh, is a little on the nose. Star Trek is a little on the nose. That one, uh, that one was dialed up to 11. Number, yes, it was. Number four, Flash Gordon. Just goofy <laughs> and fun. And, Great movie. And the the score by Queen fucking yes. shreds. And, bananas. Bananas. And, and it is bananas. And I love it. And everyone's it. hamming it up. And it, I love I that love, movie. I love yeah. That the, movie being the, goofy the, and yes, the Queen, Ming Queen's flat, Ming, Ming the Merciless, dude, Queen, Ming the Queen's, <laughs> Queen's single Flash Gordon that has like dialogue clips yeah, in the middle yeah. of the song. I is 
I need to watch that. I need it's, to watch that again. It's oh, really fun. good and goofy. And I have it, yeah. I have the soundtrack on vinyl and it's amazing. Oh. Uh um number, number three, three. Star Trek Starship Troopers. I think it's really good and really smart. And it's be this goofy, gory, like awful movie that at the end sort of like is oh these guys are nazis oh these satire, guys are dude. It's satire. It's satire. It's satire people it's brilliant and i think yeah that, i think that uh um god why am i blanking on the director andrew tell me tell me his name paul, paul verhoven, verhoven. I, think he's, I think he's one of the best science fiction directors on here and there's my favorite movie by him is on a different list um and I, one of my honorable one of my honorable mentions is definitely RoboCop. That RoboCop movie RoboCop is on my dystopic future list. Mm. And okay. uh one of my favorite science fiction movies uh ever made and I think Paul Verhoeven think... is brilliant. So and this came up with... ba- Basil Polidorus does the RoboCop score yeah. and it's Oh my god, chef's think about think it, this is a total aside, but I saw this meme on the internet and it's kind of stuck in my brain. Think about how hard R and violent RoboCop was when it came out. Yeah. Like it is a hard yeah, yeah, R yeah. violent crime movie, sci-fi crime movie. They made arcade video games that they tied in and they had an animated Saturday morning cartoon. Yes. That was this that told the told continued the story of Alex, and then there was a TV show like a primetime, uh, syndicated TV show that they made with associated with the Robocop universe as well. To think about like that hard R, extremely violent, you know, cop sci fi cop movie, and then it became a video game, it became a kids' TV show, and then it got syndicated on. In a primetime television, pretty wild to think about. I, I mean, the only reason Starship Troopers is not deeper on this list is because Casper Van Dien is a terrible actor. So, <laughs> uh, you just got to look past that. Got to look past that, and then everything else is like really good. Uh, number twelve is two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. We already talked about that. Uh, number eleven: uh, Pitch Black. Love it. Simple. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Simple, straightforward, interesting, weird future on a alien planet about survival. Love it, and and great in a theater. Black, pitch black in the theater was. Vin awesome. Diesel's coming out. Vin Party. Diesel as Riddick is before he became, before Riddick became like a character caricature of himself, before, like Riddick in that. Made- 10 fucking Fast and the Furious movies, and that's all he makes. Well, he's making billions of dollars off of those, so he's fine. Yeah. yeah. Vin Diesel's fine re- collecting those checks. He loves that shit. That's and my list. It's, yeah, it's a good list. I agree next with that. Time, next would... time, we can talk about dystopic futures or low sci-fi. Um, okay. The, but, uh, but Hannah made fun of me that I wrote 30 movies for my top 10 <laughs> science fiction movies. That's yeah. That's right. That's right. I wrote thir- uh, like, of course I did. Like, uh, yeah, that's um, great. She said, you can't do that. And I said, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? We're good. No, man. I'm excited yeah. to see you guys this week. It'll be fun. We're going to have a great time. See you um, soon. I'm, I gotta go through my stuff. Uh, go your outro. So, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to contact us, you could email us at brothers geek podcast at, uh, gmail.com uh follow us on uh threads uh i am zitz lamps and we also have uh the brothers geek do stuff on threads i guess maybe there will uh, be po- is- this week because the brothers geek will be doing stuff in la for patrick's wedding cool. so yep and then we're brothers geek schmaltz on um on youtube and spotify and apple and brother brothersgeek.com Um, Thank you for listening. May the force be with you.